Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome into the War Chant Wrap, where it's uh, around 2 a.m. outside of Doak Campbell Stadium here on Sunday night. Just uh, just what we early Monday morning, Labor early Day Monday morning. morning uh, Florida State uh, falls 41 to 38 in overtime to Notre Dame, number nine Notre Dame, in a game that was uh, really had a little bit of everything. I mean, it was uh, Florida State gets out early, Notre Dame comes back, takes the lead, goes up by 18 points. I think most people are thinking it's a wrap. The most surprising thing to me at that moment was that the fans didn't leave. Yeah. I mean, the students stayed, the fans stayed, and it was a good thing they did because Florida State goes back down. Jordan Travis gets a touchdown. They cut it to t- to, um, to 10 with a two-point conversion. And then uh, Mackenzie Milton comes into play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we just, it just it's hard to recap a game like this because there were so many twists and turns. But all in all, I mean, I think a really nice performance for Florida State in a lot of ways. But as Mackenzie Milton said, there's no moral victories. Yes, no, he said either win or lose. And as I wrote in my column, it's what Bowden said too, a six-foot man drowning in three feet of water is like a moral victory. He's still dead. Um, I screwed up that Bowden quote. Sorry, sorry. Just uh, like Brian Kelly. Yeah, not quite the Brian Kelly gaffe that he had on national TV. But, yeah, so when it was 38-20, to I know, I mean, we didn't even talk about it. But we're like, yep, here it goes again. They're going to lose 45-20, to and it's going to look like – I saw signs. You know what I mean? Like, I saw signs even before the fourth quarter. Like, okay, this is different. They're running the ball. They're not getting run on. I thought they looked. I thought they looked really good. They made. They didn't have a couple plays happen, but I thought overall, they. I thought they played well. I thought they. Uh, I thought they played better than they than they than they did last season against Notre Dame. But at the end of the day, it looked like it was going to be another blowout loss. And then Jashawn Corbin gets a couple tough yards on a fourth down run. Travis makes his best play of the game. I thought, other than the throw to Jakai Douglas scrambling to his left and scrambling back to his right and finding parchment uh, for that touchdown. And that got it going. And then the defense, the crowd, everything felt like a real Florida State game again. And you, when, you, when you're in an environment like that, like it was tonight, uh, you, you realize how much you miss it. Like, man, this is what the sport is about. And we haven't had it around here for a while. I don't know when they're going to play big-time games every couple weeks again like they have in the past. But I know that felt like a big-time game. And that was a big-time crowd. We love college football, and it was just fun to see. I know it didn't end how you wanted it to end, but it was a fun game to watch. That's the thing. and For it to come, the first game back after the crowd limitations due to COVID last year, and there actually was 68,000 fans there. It felt like, felt like 100. That they undersold that. Yeah, I mean, it was a really good crowd. Um, you had the Bobby Bowden tribute mm-hmm. at halftime. They... The marching chiefs spelled out bobby they played amazing grace yeah really a touch they had their lights on on their phone it was really cool really a cool moment and really the only thing that, that you didn't have it would have been like a disney movie as you wrote about in your column it would have been like a disney movie if florida state pulls off the win for fsu fans uh instead they get to overtime 
kind of a couple of, you know, just again, what happened in overtime was what kind of happened throughout the game. Just some silly mistakes at bad times, some bad snaps at bad times, yeah. uh, some turnovers that they had, missed kick in overtime. And that was just kind of the story of the night. Uh, you feel like they were that close to winning that game and pulling off the upset in a game that a lot of people didn't expect Florida State could, could even compete with Notre Dame after what's happened the last two years. But then they had so many mistakes. And I, does that leave you feeling like, man, this team could be pretty good if they put it all together? Or is it just frustrating because they didn't pull out the win? No, the the former. I, I think they can be pretty good because, I mean, they outrushed Notre Dame for almost 200 yards. Right. It was like 260 to 65. It's incredible. It's incredible what they did. And then for them to do that after what happened last year when they when they got outrushed by, I don't know, 300, 600, 900. I stopped counting. I know Notre Dame in the first half last year had 20 carries for 240 yards against Notre Dame or against Florida State. In the first half this year, it was 20 for 59. That's the that's the the, the uh, improvement that was made. Now, they got some guys that they didn't have last year. Big guys, good guys. But yeah, I, I was really encouraged by that. And I'll, what else I was encouraged by, Ira? If you'd have told me before the game that Florida State ran for 264 yards or whatever it ended up being, I'd be like, okay, well, Jordan Travis must have had 150 of that. He had nine. The running backs had all the yards. And it's like, okay, moving forward, and I know we'll talk about this, the thing I was worried about if Milton's your quarterback is can you establish a run when you don't have that kind of threat running the ball? Well, they ran behind him, and they ran with Travis not doing anything. That, to me, is really encouraging moving forward. What I, you know, I thought was neat about that was you. I you, like recording at two a.m. out here. Get a little different vibe. It's a nice, it's a good time. It's a good time. Different vibe out here. I like it. I don't know if you could hear it on the video, but we've got some uh, cars going just, by. It, just oblivious people walking behind us. It doesn't matter. It's fun. It soaks it all in. Um, but you know, you saw how the defense had to change how they play. Notre Dame's defense when Jordan Travis was in there. You mentioned the sixty-yard touchdown pass to Jakai Douglas. It was really made possible because Notre Dame played most of this game with one high safety, and they had everybody else boxed in and maybe within ten yards of line of scrimmage, daring Jordan Travis yeah. and those receivers to make a play, which was a smart approach. We saw Jordan T Travis throw last year. We saw him throw it tonight. Yeah. And these receivers are really young. There's not a lot of proven guys, so they dared Florida State. They did make him pay with the pass to Ja'Kai Douglas. But when Mackenzie Milton got in there and started to get comfortable, you could see them backing off. They played totally different defensively. They started. They had to respect the pass, so that kind of ironically, you know, it opened up the running game. Even though Jordan yeah. Travis wasn't in the game, it actually ended up opening up the running game because of the threat of the pass. Talk we, about the by the way, we told you all about Sean Ward. Yes. He's, he, he, he's no just walk-on Rudy story. The kid can really play. <laughs> yeah, the running backs look uh, – Jay Sean Corbin yeah. looked like everything they thought he might look like when he signed, when he mm -hmm. came over from Texas A&M, and now he's totally healthy. He looked really good. Uh, Lawrence Tofili looked pretty good. I think you could see more out of him. DJ Williams wasn't available tonight. That's a good running back room. But the quarterbacks, everybody's going to want to talk about the quarterbacks. I think it's important to note that because everybody that watched that, McKenzie Milton comes in, throws, completes five out of seven passes, drives them down two scoring drives, rallies them to send the game to overtime. And uh, people are going to wonder why wasn't he starting when you saw Jordan Travis for a lot of this game yeah. look like the Jordan Travis from 2020. Two things I would say. In practice, Jordan Travis didn't really look like that. <laughs> he was confused a lot tonight. Mm. Mike Norvell said that Notre Dame, give them credit, they threw some things at them they weren't expecting. Yeah. Jordan Travis didn't look very good. And Mackenzie Milton hasn't always looked like that in practice. So I understand why fans feel that, that way, but I, but I also don't blame Mike Norvell for starting Jordan Travis. And also, I mean, we can be real, right? Like, Mackenzie wasn't 
always maybe available right. all the time. There was things going on there that, you know, we weren't at liberty to talk about, but it made sense to anybody that was at practice, including probably those two quarterbacks more than anybody, how the quarterback situation shaped up for week one. As we move forward, though, we'll see, man. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I so the, a couple of things with Milton, like the throw he made, I think it was to Helton down to the four. Yeah, it was like, yeah. I don't know, you, you watch that from behind, like in the drone video, you're like, what, how does he, how does he even see that? He throws it over a linebacker in front of a safety with a guy in his face. And then that, the other little play he made that I thought was really, of course, the first pass he threw, too. The little uh, shovel to Williamson. Right. That's a play where it's not a, a, an average quarterback gets that ball batted down. Here we've got more stuff. It's fine. Uh, we, we, Special appearance by Ben Zierden walking by here. Okay, in the nice. Lot. Yeah, we got a backfiring car. That was not a gunshot. <laughs> um, but, the, but the shovel pass he throws to Williamson where um, – you know, a normal quarterback, an average quarterback, gets that ball batted down or doesn't get it to him. He can throw it from this angle, that angle, this angle. He's got – clearly, I'm not saying anything that nobody – that people don't know. He's got some stuff to him that's not normal. We'll see moving forward. I think they're still both going to be a part of the of the equation. I do, too. Don't you think Mackenzie Milton may have proved something to Mackenzie Milton tonight? Yeah. I mean, he, he said he felt like it was three years ago. I don't know if he would have thought, you know, even he even said the time he got rolled up on, he well, kind of had to Mc, wait to see right. how he felt. When and he, Mackenzie Milton's been out on those practice fields yeah. not lighting it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he hasn't maybe looked like that all the time. So for him to do that in an environment like that, in a game like that, in a moment like that is really cool moving forward. And, it, yeah, it should give everybody confidence in both of those guys really, but probably Milton more so because Travis threw those three interceptions. By the way, the Hamilton kid. What are you going to do? Not one interception. I mean, they, yeah, you can play a single high safety when it's that kid, when it's Sean Taylor, Ed Reed running around. Like, that was an incredible interception he made running 50 yards across the and field. On one it was going to be a touchdown. Would have been a touchdown next week, and maybe against most teams, but not that one. But, yeah, I think moving forward, Milton Travis, we'll be talking about this probably a lot throughout the season, actually, because I think they both will play. Last thing, well, two more things. Sorry, Aslan. Defensively, I think, you know, the only – Obviously, glaring issue is you gave up 365 passing yards to Jack Cohn. The great Jack Cohn. Four touchdowns. But Notre Dame's receivers did make plays. It wasn't like yes. there was the one busted coverage. But this was not like the defense the last few years where guys are just running yes. wide open. Now, there were a couple drops. Notre Dame missed a couple plays and, and um, you know that they could have had. But Florida State in the pass rush was there. Jermaine Johnson lived up to the billing. Yeah. This defense, you can feel like maybe there's something to work with there. Absolutely. And, you know, look, so the first drive of the game, they have they have a bust on fourth down in the kit. We could have scored on that play. We Probably. I mean, you, it would have been close. Have. That would have been a, uh, yeah. Uh, they might have gotten you down inside the five. Aslan would have high-stepped yeah. in. But so, so he's wide open. There's no on the screen you're like okay here we go again this is just what they do and then that was the only real time they did that the only other time where you're like what i'm sure people watching this were like what in the world fuller they probably didn't say that a ton <laughs> but on this on the screen on third and 17 when you bring six guys i mean no need for Seven, that right you actually have a pass rush now you don't necessarily have to do that all the time and it was such an obvious we're just going to screen this and see what happens. And nobody was even in the picture with him the first 30 yards. But even on that play, Kalen Deloach rushes the passer. He's blitzing uh, through the A-gap, I think. I think he came up the middle, but he's rushing the passer. The screen pass happens. He, go, he goes and catches the kid 50 yards downfield. That's the kind of stuff. Deloach, I thought, was impressive. Um, and, I, and I just thought overall, it, that's the kind of stuff you want to see. There's a, there's a determination and a fight there that maybe you didn't see. And when they got down 38-20, I was like, yeah, like we talked about, I thought that was a wrap. And they proved that that's not the case. And moving forward, you would think that'd give Florida State fans, with no moral victories, we get it. But moving forward, you would think that'd give them some real encouragement about what this team has done. When you think 
Well, how about this? Florida, Notre Dame only scored one less point than they did last year against Florida State. You watched that game last year. This was nothing like that. Yeah. Like, they made some great plays where guys were in position. They just make great catches. Travis Two, J, you got to turn around, yeah. but you're in position. Two years ago during this game, I was tweeting pictures of my family's vacation yeah. in Chicago. Right. This year, I mean, last year was pretty much the same. And Florida State showed a little bit more fight. But this was like a real competitive football game. Notre Dame has to feel good about getting out of here with a win. That says good things going forward. The last thing I wanted to bring up was some coaching decisions that I think people are going to want to talk about, obviously. Mm. Um, a big one going for a fourth down that set up that touchdown to make it an 18-point game. You you called it on the third down run when they went in the Wildcat and they ran for it on third down. Yeah. You were like, well, he's going for it on fourth down. And it didn't really shock me. I know people are furious about it. But it really didn't shock me because he did that last year, too. Yeah, yeah, he goes for it a lot. And it was fourth and two. It was a long two. But, yeah, he'll go for it on his own side of the field, especially when you feel like your defense is starting to get right. uh, worked a little bit. And they had given up two straight touchdowns, and he could not give them another three and out. He really was going to try to do anything to keep the momentum going. And, you know, it was either either Jordan should have handed it off and didn't, but there was nothing open when he rolled to his right. right. And it was going to be an, it was an interception, but it was going to be a turnover on downs either way. So, yeah, that, that I could understand, but I feel like – at that point, it didn't feel like it mattered if Notre Dame had to drive 70 yards or 38 yards. Right. It might have, but at that moment, it didn't feel like it mattered, and you really needed your offense to do something. The last one that I know he's going to get a lot of heat from people is, and it's easy to make fun of him for calling the timeout during the field goal. But man, what are you going to do? I mean, it, it's the right, it's the right idea to challenge that call because yes. you don't know that that kid's going to make a 40, what was it, it was 47, 48 50-yard field goal, almost yeah, 50. a 50-yard field goal. The odds of him hitting that in that situation are probably 30%. Well, and here's what you need to understand, and I, because I was watching it as it happened. Fitzgerald didn't even go to kick the ball until he heard the whistle. So, again, we can say he made it. Now, it wasn't a thing of beauty. It was a line drive kind of fade to the right. He didn't hit it great, but he also didn't kick it. He didn't swing his leg thinking that it was going to matter. Right. He swung his leg knowing a timeout had been called. So, in that moment, yeah, okay. Sure, but we don't know if the timeout hadn't been called if he hits it the same way or if he if he makes it. And yeah, you you're yeah. you know you made a fourth and four, you made a fifty yarder, a thirty eight yarder. That's the right decision. Yes, didn't go through the goalpost. Anyway, there's a million things to talk about. We'll be doing that over the next twenty four hours. You guys certainly will be mm -hmm. on Wake Up War Chant, yep. which people by the time you watch this, you should be able to listen to the podcast as well. Aslan <laughs> sure. and Corey talking about uh, talking about this game on Wake Up War Chant. Uh, we'll have Jeff's show. We'll have the Sunday Bash on Monday night. Ooh. Plenty of content. Your column's on the site. I'll have a 321. Austin's doing a story about the McKenzie Milton madness okay. uh, that we saw tonight and all the reactions to that. Aslan's got all the videos up. Wrap it all up, players Ira. and coaches. All kinds of everything you could ever want about That's this epic do. football That's game. That's what we do at WarChant.com. At WarChant.com. Thanks for uh, joining us. We'll see you next time.